Okay, we're going to get started here, everyone. We're going to get started. My name is Jay Root. I'm a reporter at the Texas Tribune, and I'm happy to welcome you to the sixth annual Texas Tribune Festival and to this exciting panel, Immigration in the Cities, although I wonder if we shouldn't have called it Immigration in the County since we do have county sheriffs here. Uh, this event's going to last one hour. We will be taking questions for the last 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, please silence your phones, but tweet away with the hashtag TTF. My Twitter handle, by the way, is at ByJRoot, at B-Y-J-A-Y-R-O-O-T. Uh, so let me introduce our excellent panelists. Lupe Valdez, uh, Sheriff Lupe Valdez, a Democrat, was elected Sheriff of Dallas County in 2004, was twice reelected, and is running for a fourth term this year. She is the only female Hispanic Sheriff in the United States. She's the daughter of migrant farm workers and one of eight siblings. The sheriff has degrees from Southern Nazarene University and UT Arlington and has dedicated her, her life to law enforcement, having conducted anti-terrorism <coughs> investigations for the Department of Homeland Security before uh, becoming sheriff of Dallas County. Sheriff Greg Hamilton, also a Democrat, was elected sheriff of Travis County in 2004 and was reelected twice. He is serving out his final term this year. Sheriff Hamilton started out as a corrections officer in the Travis County Sheriff's Office in 1985 and later served as Chief of Enforcement at the TABC. He is a graduate of Texas State University, where he played football for four years as the starting quarterback, no less. So before we get started, um, there's a, I want to explain a couple of terms if, if some of you are not aware or are not familiar with it. So, and if you are, bear with me. Uh, but we're going to be talking a lot about ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Um, and that includes both uh, the Border Patrol uh, and, I, and uh, not, does not include the Border Patrol, I'm sorry. It Customs and Immigration, so um, goods and people. Um, and um, they are also the agency, of course, that deports people. Um, so uh, we're also going to be talking a lot about uh, ICE detainers. So a detainer is a request by ICE to a jail for, for them to hold somebody uh, and that they potentially want to uh, deport. So let's, with that, let's get started. First, Sheriff Valdez. Yes, sir. The sheriffs of this state are really on the front lines of this raging debate about how to treat undocumented immigrants who come into contact with state or local law enforcement. Uh, Governor Abbott famously sent you a letter uh, last year about reported changes to your policy, but there's been some confusion about what that policy is. Um, so I guess the question is, do you exercise discretion over who to hold for ICE, or do you hand over to them anyone they want? Well, first of all, everybody needs to be treated with respect. You don't, you don't need to come in and not, and not find dignity when you're brought in. Um, I think the letter from Governor Abbott has gotten a lot of attention, but I, I also think that he misunderstood a lot of the information. Um, I'm not sure where he got his information from, but I heard that it was from one of these um, off-wing newspapers. And then he, that, that was what he thought I was doing in Dallas. And, and I think it was just a miscommunication. He just didn't understand where we're at. Um, Yes, I have the policy of uh, if you're a violent, if you, if you commit a violent act in my county, you're going to be held accountable. And honestly, I've said this time and time again, you come here for a quality of life. Somebody who rapes, somebody who attacks, somebody who robs you with a weapon or hits you with a car or uses a car as a weapon is not a good quality of life. So my arrangements with ICE is if that is the type of person that you are, I don't want you here. I want you, as a matter of fact, I've said this again and again, I wish I could send the citizens who commit those kinds of crimes. I wish I could get rid of them some, somewhere. People who killed and, and, and um, harass and, and all this stuff. But the people who are here trying to find a better way of life, trying to make a living for their family, the majority of the people who come actually want to go back to their country, but they can't live there. So they come here to try and make a better life, and those I don't mess with. If you don't do any harm to the county, I don't see why we should bother you. 
So do you have a written policy or is it just a, an informal relationship that you have well, with ICE? And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you work for ICE. For, I, for I what was, uh, maybe it was called something different, but it's what I, ICE. I retired. Uh, it was called U.S. Customs. Right. And I retired from U.S. Customs. <clears throat> And then they became Homeland Security. I have one of these stickers that says original member of Homeland Security. I think I was with them one or two years when they became Homeland Security before I retired. So I've, made her, I've sat down with ICE. What I did at one point was I brought in ICE and I brought in the immigration advocates. And we sat in a room for three hours and we argued back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. At the end, we came with what I thought was a very sensible solution. You know, we don't want people committing harm. We don't want people that are going to hurt people. But the others, we just need to leave them alone. You know, let, let the federal government take care of what they need to take care of, but it's not up to the local sheriff to take care of that. Sheriff Hamilton, you've been very steadfast in honoring ICE detainers, despite a, a lot of heat that you have gotten from activists and fellow Democratic elected leaders here in Travis County. Your most likely successor is Sally Hernandez, Democratic candidate uh, for sheriff, and she wants to stop cooperating with ICE and would and would release uh, immigrants instead of holding them for ICE. Uh, why is she wrong? Well, um, ICE has a job to do. They have been charged by uh, the director of Homeland Security uh, to go in and vet those individuals that are in our facility. And I heard uh, uh, Sheriff Valdez say that individuals that come in uh, with a low level crime, nothing that's, that's violent, one of the things that you have to remember is that these individuals that uh, come into our jail, they might come in on a low level crime. Uh, I've, I've heard early on in the ball game, I think the advocacy groups have quit using it, is the broken tail lap. Um, I've never heard of anybody going to jail for a broken tail lap, but they are saying that individuals were profiling and arresting these individuals for uh, broken tail laps. You have to understand that an individual might go to jail, if he did go to jail for a broken tail lap. That doesn't tell the history of this individual. A lot of individuals are very transient. They move around, uh, and they might not have uh, committed a heinous crime in your particular county, but they have probably been all over, the, uh, not all of them, but some of them. And you are uh, letting out possibly a dangerous individual. Let me give you an example. We had an a, a individual, um, ICE comes to our jail twice a day. They come at six and at three to pick up individuals that have uh, completed their charges uh, at, in, in Travis County. This particular individual, ICE did not come and pick, pick them up. We released this individual and ICE came, came late to come pick him up, and this individual uh, had already been released. We found out by ICE that this individual uh, had a warrant from Interpol for murder in Mexico. We released him, and fortunately, uh, i tell you what had happened. Uh, Fort Worth had arrested him. He completed his charge there. We had a warrant on him. They brought him to our jail. Uh, the county attorney released, it was a low-level crime, I think it was possession of, uh, of drugs. We released that individual and um, uh, we found out later that ICE had a murder uh, uh, warrant for him, but they found him back up in Arlington and we were able to, to not us, but law enforcement was able to get that individual and he's going through the process now. So you really don't know, just because an individual comes in with a low-level crime. ICE, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't know if Dallas is any different, ICE doesn't share a lot of information uh, with, with the law enforcement on the, the individual's background. I think ICE got a job to do. They're a law enforcement agency. I think we need to work with those individuals. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Uh, yes, ICE has a job to do. No, there's no doubt about that. And we do have to get the people out of here. But that's why you need to have a good relationship with the people you work with. ICE is in my jail. They don't come in the morning, the afternoon. They're there. And if they have an issue with one of the folks that we disagree on, we sit and talk about that one. When they, when they brought in for the tail light or whatever the issue is, and I says, we want him, I say, tell me why. You know, I'm law enforcement. I'm not going to turn around and tell the rest of the world why. You tell me why, and that person is yours. 
You know, if they've committed an offense, not here or somewhere else, they're yours. You can have them. But, um, and, and the message that went out to the governor was, I did a case-by-case -case issue. That's not true. The only case-by-case -case issue that we do is when there's disagreement between what we have and what they have. And, and it isn't a disagreement. There's diff just different paperwork that we have. If it is different, then we have a discussion. And if, and, and if I, there is something... Well, what do you mean by that, if, if there's different paperwork? For instance, there's been a couple of American citizens that have been put on the ice hole. And we're going, nope, they're American citizens. You can't have them. Oh, no, no, this is the name. Okay, give us some more information. If that is the person and he's not really an American citizen, then they're all yours. But in both cases that we had a disagreement with, they were American citizens. You know, Antonio Lopez, what a common name. You know, so that we, we, this Antonio Lopez committed a murder in, in Milwaukee. Well, is this the person? Let's do fingerprints. Let's do something. The case-by-case -case issue was when there was, uh, and I don't want to say disagreement, there was a difference. Because we don't have disagreements. We sit down and we look at it and we make sure it's the right person. Now, if they had taken the American citizen, who do you think they were going to sue? They weren't going to sue ICE. They were going to sue us. You know, it's not, it's not ICE that, that they consider made their mistake because it's hard to sue the federal government. But boy, can you sue the local county, you know. And, and, so, the county, and your county did get sued, and there was an issue. There was a, a guy named Ricardo Garza, and we wrote about him in the Texas Tribune. Um, and he, what, he turned out to be an American citizen um, and had been held. And so there, there are those issues. And, and, and I think, Sheriff, you brought up a good point that a lot of times ICE has this information. They don't share it. Um, and then so you're left holding the bag. I, I, I want to get to that. But before, before we do, I want to ask Sheriff uh, Valdez to, to weigh in on this issue about what's going on in Austin because Austin, because of what Sally Hernandez is proposing, and let me read from her website. She says, in order to advance equal treatment for everyone in Travis County and to improve public safety in immigrant communities, I believe that the current relationship between the Travis County Sheriff's Office and U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement must end. Travis County should not honor illegal, warrantless ICE notifications or detainer requests, period. Do you disagree with her? Well, uh, let me back up a little. I think communication with people will solve a lot of issues. I called Sally and I asked her, what is this about? She said, Loopy, they misquoted me. Well, that was my story, so I, have, I, I, I do have, I have the audio, I have the audio, and it's good audio. So anyway. Basically, she's going to do the same thing we're doing in Dallas. But we started doing this before it became national. Now it's national. It's called Priority Enforcement Program, which you take away basically the criminals. You take away basically the people, which we try to do the same when we incarcerate the violent offenders. You know, this is the same issue for, for the Americans and, and, the, and the undocumented. Uh, the violent offenders, we take them away and let, and let um, ICE handle them. And now it's become a national program. ICE is about to do the same thing, or they've already started doing it. And when I spoke to Sally, she basically said the same thing. Um, I don't know if she's going to allow them in the jail or not. Uh, you do and I do, uh, but I don't know if she's going to do that. That's up to her. But her comment was, who wants violent offenders in your community? None of us do. And they keep talking about sanctuary cities. I say, who wants violent people in your community? We don't want them. Nobody wants them. So of course we're going to ask them, like I said, if I could do the same with the Americans, I would definitely, you know, take the violent offenders. Uh, you know, start Australia again. I don't know. You know? <laughs> But, uh, but, but uh, you know, I, I, think, I think she's pretty much the same thing. She's law enforcement, and, and, and I think she's going to do the same thing we are. I've got to comment. First of all, uh, I heard Lupe talk about uh, uh, individuals that come in. Oftentimes, people come into our jail 15 times with 15 different names. Uh, so you really don't know who those individuals are unless you fingerprint. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people do not understand is that all law enforcement, I mean, all uh, jails across the, the country, as, uh, as far as county jails are concerned, uh, the individual take the fingerprint when an individual is booked into a county jail. Once those fingerprints are taken, the fingerprints are sent to DPS. 
DPS gets those fingerprints and DPS will send those fingerprints to FBI. FBI opens up their portal to all of the alphabet soup federal agencies. And those individuals are able to, to identify uh, who the individual is through biometric fingerprints. At that particular time, ICE will contact uh, the law enforcement agency who has an individual in their uh, jail and say, yeah, I want, to, I want to put a detainer on them, or ICE keeps changing up. I, every week there's a new, new something going on with, with, with ICE. Uh, they have something called uh, I-247D, which stands for a detainer. That means that they want you to hold them, and they have an I-247N, which is a notification. All they want you to do is notify them when the individual is, is going to be released. At any time, they can pull those uh, detainers or notifications and say, no, we don't want to look at that individual. Uh, so so uh, these fingerprints are able to identify individuals that are in your jail. We've had uh, uh, American citizens who have come to jail uh, who gave their, uh, who, who are an, uh, a, a legal immigrant who have relatives in another country that used their name and didn't know that that individual had a warrant for their arrest. Uh, and we, we uh, uh, sent that, that individual's name to, uh, to ICE along with the fingerprint and they didn't jive. So ICE put a detainer on those individuals and that American citizen uh, started yelling and, and, uh, and screaming, saying that, no, I, used, I gave you a fake name because they didn't want to stay in jail. They didn't know that individual had a warrant for their arrest. So uh, it's, it's a very complicated system. It's, it's a very, very complicated system. But I think that not working with ICE, uh, it's a slippery slope, and it's a dangerous situation. And I will, I, I will say that I think the majority of the people that, that come here illegally want to do the right thing. But if these individuals have done something to go to jail, I think they need to be vetted. And again, we're talking about the, a jail context here. When people talk about sanctuary cities, there's a lot of confusion about that term and it, it, it gets caught up in the, in the discussion about what cops do, uh, what the police do when they uh, arrest somebody or, or they stop somebody for a speeding ticket and, and, and you know, the level of, of that you can get into issues about racial profiling and all of that. So we're, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about what happens when you get into jail. Um, uh, Sheriff Hamilton, you, I don't know how long ago you started this, but you actually post the detainers, well, not the detainers, but the names of the inmates in your jail that had detainers on them. I pulled up the one today and here's what we have. We've got a felony assault, FV, what does that mean? Strangula family violence. Family violence, strangulation. And we have an interference with emergency call, there's two of them, uh, unlawful restraint, assault causing body, uh, bodily injury to a family member. What are, you know, when you hear about the whole taillight thing, there was somebody in, in the Travis County Jail a few years ago who was a UT student who got pulled over for a taillight on campus they ran his uh, information, found that he had some unpaid tickets, there was a warrant. He ended up in, in deportation proceedings. He did not get deported. He was uh, made eligible for, for uh, DACA eventually. But what, you know, what are the kinds of charges that, that you, both of you see? Uh, go ahead, you first, uh, Sheriff Hamilton, and then Sheriff Valdez. It, it pretty much runs the gamut. You have DWIs is probably the highest. Um, uh, you have murder, you have manslaughter, you have uh, uh, sexual assault of a child, uh, sexual assault, um, uh, theft, uh, drugs. You can run the gamut. Uh, and he's right. It, it is pretty much cross gamut. but I, in, in my county, DWI is not the biggest issue. Um, when, when I did a, a numbers, I actually ran all the numbers because uh, someone who was undocumented killed somebody when he had DWI and before we could actually take him, he went across the border. Of course, he still has a warrant for him, we still wanna get him, so, um, and, and, and when you're personally affected with something like this, it's very painful. You cannot take the pain away from that family. So that family is going to be so angry, and, and there's no way we can, we can take away their pain for, for what happened. But I looked at the numbers, 
and it was, uh, was 1.75% of the DWI accidents. So it was less than 2% of the accidents in my county. I can't speak for the rest of the counties or for the rest of the state, but we are one of the largest in the United States, much less Texas. Houston is the only ones that are bigger than us. But it was less than 2%, but they get a lot of attention because it was an undocumented. And, 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 and I want to turn to the other people, the 98% who also had their child killed, and, and say, why aren't we doing something about that pain? But, and, and, and hopefully people like Mad and, and others do something there. But when, when you try to you victimize a, a vulnerable group because they're, they're, they're in the media a lot, but the numbers are there. They're, they don't do any more crime, but when they do do the crime, it's very obvious. Well, and again, let, let's uh, be clear here that um, uh, there's a lot of confusion on this issue, but the people that we're talking about do serve their local sentences. It, it's not like um, a sanctuary policy, even if you have one, would mean that you somehow are giving leniency in terms of their, their local prosecution. They still get prosecuted and all of that. The question here is what to do with somebody who is in the country unlawfully who has gotten into your jail. This is obviously a huge topic in the state of Texas, um, as the letter from Governor Abbott demonstrates and as statements. I that, framed that letter. That the, did you really? <laughs> no. I'm um, just teasing. And as uh, the, you know, uh, statements since then have indicated, the Republican leadership in the legislature uh, has made this a, a, a huge issue, one of their primary issues. And we're, we're almost certain to have a bill. And I think the chances of success are probably pretty high, even though it's failed in the past. And I think there's probably a good chance they'll keep it narrow on, the, on this jail issue. So my question to you is, what what is your view of what the state can, should, or, or will do with regard to these policies and you know, making you uh, cooperate with ICE, so to speak? I think Greg put it very clearly a few minutes ago. ICE really goes back and forth. But I think they finally settled on this PEP program. And when we were talking about uh, who, you would, who you would turn over and who you didn't, it, was, it just was ridiculous the way they were going, but they're starting to look at it and they've clarified, these are the folks we want. When I sat down with ICE, I said, these are the folks I want to give you. And they said, these are the folks we want. So we have no issue. We continually, and, and ICE, uh, when we do have a problem, we pick up the phone and we talk to each other because we have a good relationship. I wanna give you what nobody wants. You know, nobody wants those folks in your neighborhood. And, 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 and all those areas. So, and, and Texas is a little different. We, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I do know that if you try to deport, what is it, 11 million people, I don't know how many in Texas, maybe 7 million, or I, I don't know how many, you're gonna have an economy problem. You're gonna have a business problem. The, the, um, the request for jobs, the unemployment is pretty low right now. Now you take all these folks that have the jobs and, and, and deport them, you're gonna have a trouble with the economy. Several of the Tea Party Republican business owners have, have not secretly, they'll tell me right up front, we can't take all these folks because we'll lose our business. They run a lot of the business that nobody else wants to do. So therefore, not only will we have an economy problem, there's gonna be shortage of other things. I, I don't think it's a smart idea. There's always been immigrants in the United States. Name one time when there hasn't been immigrants. The Irish, the, you know, the, the Italians, the, you name it. There's always been immigrants in the United States and, and, and they've helped the economy a lot. So I think we're, we're gonna be in problems if we start saying, paint it with a white brush and just say everybody out. You know, some of us may get mistaken in that brush and get thrown out too. Sheriff yeah. Hamilton, what about the state uh, possibly passing a law? What, how would that impact Travis County, for example? Well, it depends on what language they put in into that particular bill. Um, we looked at it um, 
right now when we're trying to get uh, uh, funding on uh, different initiatives and grants, our commissioner's court have uh, decided that they're not going to accept any, any funding from the governor's office. So uh, we've missed out on, on a lot of things. Uh, the, the funding is coming out of the pocket of the taxpayers. Um, I think it was probably about $150,000 on the grants that we wanted to apply for that we have been getting over, over the years. So uh, it, it wasn't that much. Uh, the question is, is the governor or the legislature going to put in uh, uh, clauses that affect the entire county? If the sheriff's office doesn't apply, I mean, doesn't work with ICE, allow ICE to come in, in into their jail, the question is, is the language going to say that not just the sheriff's office, it affects the whole county on funding that's coming from the governor's office? And I think that that would be quite steep. Well, and, and of course, I he think did if that did happen, with that. you'd probably uh, change the policy, I'm guessing. If, if, I mean, if the policy went to um, whatever you want to call it, sanctuary or non-cooperation with ICE, I'm assuming if, if the county, all the county money were at stake, well, not all the county money, right. the, 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 the funding. All the state money going to the county. Well, I think that would make uh, individuals think about it. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the issue is not cooperating with us. You know, when you're turning over the largest number of undocumented in the whole North Texas, how can you possibly say you're not cooperating with ICE? You know, that just doesn't make sense. Because of the volume we get, we... Our jail process, anywhere between 200 to 350 a day. By the volume, there's 31 cities and, and over that amount of cities who feed in to Dallas County. Uh, not cities, organizations that feed in. The college district, the, the, the rail system, all of these law enforcement feed in to Dallas County. When you're getting that large volume in, a certain percentage are the ones that are going to be involved. But when you look at that percentage, I'm still providing, I'm their top supplier. When they're, so they work at, at, at dealing with us, or, or I should say, they, they uh, constantly try to work with us so that we can be uh, comfortable in what we're both doing. And nobody wants crime, nobody wants all of that violence in their system. So of course we're gonna to work together. But I think there's misunderstanding and oftentimes I think you, you lean on the vulnerable people because you don't know what else to do. And at this point, I think they're leaning on the vulnerable folks to get the attention or whatever it is they need to, to get this going. Well, the politics of this are, are just downright weird. Austin weird, you might say. You know, so the way I read I'm this, from Dallas. The, well, the way I read this locally, for example, okay, is that you're pretty much, Sheriff Hamilton, you're pretty much in line with Obama on this. Your would-be successor, Sally Hernandez, is to the left of Obama. And so is, by the way, the Republican, Joe Martinez, uh, who is running against uh, Sally Hernandez because he has what he calls compassionate cooperation which is basically, he told me that he would have a panel that would decide whether or not to hand people over to ICE. So he would be less cooperative than the Travis County Sheriff's Office is right now. Um, so, you know, how do you navigate, Sheriff Hamilton, these, these treacherous political waters? You've got a, an enormous amount of pressure from activists and from your fellow uh, elected leaders. How do you stand up against that? How did you? Well, I've, I've got values. And, and I took this job uh, and I raised my right hand that I was going to abide by that oath. And so I have no problem with that. Um, I've, uh, uh, you are right. I, I have taken a lot of heat from, from these different individuals, but I've got a moral compass. And I know that abiding by the law, working with other law enforcement agency, I think we're keeping our, our community much safe. They said basically that you weren't really uh, a good Democrat. Yeah. Oh, you know, that, that was sort of there. So how do, you, how do you answer that, that it's not, you weren't towing the, the line? I, guess. I just listened to him, it goes here and right over here. <laughs> Sheriff Valdez, how about you? What, what, what uh, you know, you, you've gotten some pressure from, from activists as well. They, they, you know, there's ICE out of Dallas. There's a group called ICE out of Dallas. There's a group called ICE out of Austin. 
How do you deal with people like that? You know, and it, and it doesn't help to call names. It never helps to call names. Um, and, and they had a press conference that they were going to vote me out of office and, and all of that stuff, which is, you know, people, people have a passion, and when they have, sometimes when they have a passion and there's pain, there's anger. And, 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 and I often said about uh, the folks that, that are harmed by someone undocumented or, or, or there's, there's a death. You know, anytime there's a death of someone you love, there's pain. When it's done in violence, there's anger. And often those two combine to hate. And so what we want to do is stop all of that. Stop the name calling. Stop it and just try to sit down and reason. We, and, and there will be some people on the fringes that you will never be able to reason with on both sides. There will always be people on both sides that you want to be able to reason with. But you have to sit down with the folks and try and reason and try to find the best method possible for what's involved. Common sense justice is, is what we need in, in, in all, of, all of these situations, is common sense justice. And we sit down and together we define what common sense is. And the, on the prior panel, we were talking about how the community puts in and decides what needs to be done. The community decides what the laws are. The community is the one who forces the legislator to make the, the, the laws that they want. So we have to listen to the community and be ahead of the game and, and, be, and be ready to do whatever is coming. I personally think PEP is gonna be the thing that's, that's gonna happen all over the US. Priority enforcement program is going to be the thing that happens all right. Well, there are, yeah, <laughs> basically, secure communities is gone. Secure communities was started at the tail end of the Bush administration, and it was criticized for being too heavy-handed and that they were catching too many people. That too many people. And by the way, you know, really most, most people don't even know this. I was in the committee that came up with secure communities, which was what twelve years ago. 12 or, 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 or a decade ago, but at that time, that was the best we could get because of what was going on. Now, there's a different attitude, and you're getting something different. We continually have to listen to what the community wants to happen. Yeah, but I don't think we need to get it twisted. Uh, uh, secured community, um, well, PEP is nothing more than secured community light. It's the same program. Pretty much the same program, but they they have uh, pinpoint their focus on different types of crime. But it's pretty much the same thing. Let, let me just do, uh, again explain a little bit. Some of you may already know this, but uh, secure communities started out in 2000, late late 2008, I believe, and it was continued under the Obama administration. And basically, it's a recognition that if you're uh, an undocumented immigrant in this country, you're going to live somewhere. And if you get in trouble, you're not going to get in trouble with ICE, so to speak. I mean, if you, you know, you're going to get in trouble with local law enforcement. So that's where you make the contact with law enforcement. So they, they, they brought this program about where you go into the jail, put your fingerprints in the IDENT system. It goes off to, I don't know, FBI or somewhere. DPS, and they, FBI. They, the FBI. Then they check it against this database. And that no matter what you gave as your name, they know who you are. And they go, OK, we want this guy. And then, and it was basically anyone who was undocumented, I mean, for, for the most part, anyone who was undocumented. Everybody who came in went through Every, it. Everybody who came in ended up pretty much, most of them got a detainer. So there were, there were complaints, there were uh, people who said that, that that broke up families, that people, you know, went in for a tail light, and next thing you know, they get deported and spent most of their life uh, in the United States. And so PEP was introduced, Priority Enforcement Program, that's been much more recent. Um, but, but let me ask you if you feel like uh, PEP is, do you feel like that's uh, uh, not tough enough, Sheriff? I don't know what you mean by tough I, enough. I mean, well, you said it was, it was secure communities light. Do you? Well, th the reason I said that is because instead of uh, grabbing a large amount of folks, they have pinpointed the violent criminals, people who have had two or more uh, misdemeanors, and there's a, a, a whole array of requirements that individual had to meet. On this other one, it was just broad, extremely broad. Uh, no, I don't think it's too light. I think they need to focus on the individuals that are most dangerous because as Sheriff, uh, uh, as Valdez said, is that we'll never be able to 
uh, try to uh, deport everybody that's here. So I think you do need to have a priority. You do need to go after those individuals that are commit, uh, committing uh, assaultive crimes and, and uh, hurting other folks. Sheriff, I saw you shaking your head a minute ago. What were, did you have uh, no, I've, no, I agree with what he said. We, I, I think the U.S. is going to stay on PEP because um, nobody wants criminals here, and I think they're just going to stay and let's deport. And in and, and, and all honesty, I even give them a few more that are not in that list. Um, DWI is considered a misdemeanor in, in Texas, but my stance of that is if you're going to get if you're going to use the vehicle as a weapon, your mindset is that I can use this weapon. So I give them those that they don't even ask for. And, you know, but in my, in my case, they'll only ask for the ones they know they're going to get you know, because they get such a large amount. And honestly, they couldn't handle that many more. There's no such thing as some law enforcement will say, well, I'll pull over somebody and call ICE. And ICE will say to me, we can never get to them. There's no such thing as ice on demand, you know, <laughs> except when you've got a drink. But anyway, uh, but they can't, they can't take care of all of that. They can't go around picking up 11 million. There isn't 11 million employees in ice, so they can't go around picking up all these folks. So they've got to narrow it down, and the best thing is to listen to the community and narrow it down in the areas that's important. In about 10 minutes, we're going to be taking questions, so I hope you all have some uh, really good questions to ask. And one it doesn't matter if you don't, that's okay. One, one thing I'd like to know is that, you know, uh, with comprehensive immigration reform, it was contemplated that uh, people with, with criminal records and, you know, they, there was some cutoff of, of what, uh, who, who really met the, the test of whether or not they would be deported, that they, we would basically deport the people who had criminal records and give some sort of, you can call it amnesty, whatever you want to call it, a legal status to a lot of other people, that didn't happen. And so now the onus and the focus goes back on law enforcement. And I know that you guys also have to deal a lot with, you know, mental, uh, mentally ill people. You, you, you name a, it. So, we so my question everything. to you is, do you feel like we're asking too much of law enforcement that you have to be sort of the arbiter of who gets to go and who gets to stay? Well, I'll tell you, um, I think the chief in Dallas, David Brown, a good friend of mine, uh, said, he said that uh, if, if there's a, a cat up in the tree, uh, individuals are calling law enforcement. If, if uh, uh, your grass is too high, they're calling the law enforcement. Law enforcement is taking on too much. And I will uh, uh, tell you that it's not only here in Texas, but the county jails are the largest mental health uh, hospital in the country, and that's all over all over the country. Uh, so we are taking on too many responsibilities, and I think it's it's quite often I can speak for Travis County Sheriff's Office when we need more manpower, uh, and and we know that the commissioner's court is not going to give it to us. Uh, we do the best with what we have. We make it happen, and I think that 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 it comes time when we need to let these individuals know that this is our job and this is the job that we need to be doing uh, both to the commissioners and both to the public. Uh, we are here for the public and I think that that uh, one of the things that uh, has, has uh, needs to happen much more is building a level of trust with the community and right now uh, if an individual calls for the, uh, a cat to, uh, to come down out of the tree we will come. You know, so, so I believe law enforcement has taken on, uh, are wearing too many hats. Sheriff, on the immigration issue in particular. I'll call the fire department, tell them to go get the cat out. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we are being asked too much, and I get those calls. Uh, my, my tree wasn't removed from my yard. Or my Christmas tree has been sitting out in the front yard and, this, and it, nobody's come to pick it up. You know, we get all those calls. Uh, I think when you put on a badge, people think you can solve everything. And the truth is we can't. We have to admit that we have limits and we can't solve everything. I don't, I, you know, I don't do the code enforcement job, I can't. I don't do the IRS job, I can't. I don't do the ICE job, I can't. I don't have the amount of people to take care of all of that. We have departments because that's what they're supposed to do. When you try to force us to do somebody else's job, it presents a problem. 
we, you have to give us the money for that. Now, um, they're, they're talking about cameras for everybody, which I think is a great idea. But nobody talks about the cost of storage. The cost of storing those, those videos is ridiculous. I have 800 officers, 24-7. So you can imagine the amount of storage that we need. And we're going to get the cameras, but the cost for storage is going to be fantastic. So when they ask us to do stuff, you have to, we, we have to think on how much it's going to cost. For instance, we have some great diversion courts in Dallas. But every time they do a grant for a diversion court, they forget to ask for the bailout. Oh, the sheriff will provide that. Well, where's the sheriff going to get that person? It has to be in the cost. We have to be able to do that. And so um, we need to narrow down and do what we need to do. And on the, on the rims, we'll try to do as much as we can. I, th I think you were talking about comprehensive immigration reform. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I can tell you right now, what we are doing is uh, we, we have the jail. Individuals are in our jail. And all we do is um, transfer uh, the individual that ICE has put a de uh, detainer on over to them. Uh, as far as going around uh, in the community, we pull somebody over, we never asked anybody their immigration status. Uh, we go to um, calls uh, to a resident and uh, and person that's here illegally makes the call on a friend or a spouse. Uh, we don't go in there asking individuals uh, what their immigration status is. So I don't think that, that we have a lot of uh, input on immigration now, we're just working with another fellow law enforcement agency. And I don't know of any, any law enforcement agency within Travis County that uh, questions a person's immigration status because that's not our job. That's ICE's job and we don't do immigration. And hell, uh, immigration law is pretty, pretty tough. Uh, and I don't know if I've got smart enough officers that could understand it. I'm just kidding. Well, well. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask one more question, and then we're going to go to the uh, questions in the audience. But, um, you, you know, Congress loves to tell uh, state government and, and, and local government what to do, and they certainly have not hesitated to criticize local law enforcement in the way that they're handling immigration matters. But, you know, when we've looked into this issue at the Texas Tribune, and one of the things that we discovered is that, you know, because every, there's 254 counties in Texas and they all have different computer systems. And, and we were just trying to understand, well, who, who's in the jails? And how many people have detainers? And, and it's different everywhere. And it made me wonder, well, you know, you guys might could use a little money to upgrade your systems. Um, I know that, what is it called, SCAMP or SCAP something funding? The, the SCAP. SCAP. SCAP funding has been cut, correct? And you know, and the strange thing about SCAP, you can talk to a thousand people on how they come up with the amount that each county gets. It's a different uh, formula for and, everybody. And, and this, this is money for housing undocumented immigrants, right, correct? Right, right. And, and it, does, it, does it come anywhere near covering your cost of what your actual cost is? It's like a fraction, correct? Right. So uh, here's your opportunity right now. If Congress is listening, they probably aren't, but when we can share the audio <laughs> with them. What do you need, what, what could you use from the state and from Congress to be able to do your job better? Well, first of all, I think there, there needs to be a uniform uh, law. You said 254 counties and 254 do it different. Um, and, and there needs to be of the resources behind that. If you tell me that I have to do a certain amount of things with certain computers and certain programs and, and certain changes, I need to have the funds, the resources, uh, to be able to do that. I'm hoping that Congress will pass a comprehensive immigration law. By the way, um, that when right before 9-11, uh, they were thinking about that. Bush, the, our, our Republican president, was looking at that, and they were heading in that direction. Then 9-11 happened, and everything went another direction. But I'm hoping that we will start looking 
at what we need to do. We can't deport 11 million. I think there's actually more, but the 11 million is the number that is being used. We can't, we, there's not the resources to do that. So what I'm hoping Congress will do is sit down and use common sense, the pros and the cons, and sit with both sides. No, when you come to the table, nobody gets everything you want. But you gotta come in and start trying to work out together. And what I usually say, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So you need to come to the table. You need to come to the table and have discussions on what is happening. And then we go away with a joint decision. Nobody's gonna be happy about it because we're all gonna have to give in. But we do have to come to a common sense decision. Sheriff Hamilton. I don't know. Do you, I'm do stuck on from? I'm stuck on common sense in Congress. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> that that messed point. me up right there. Um, I believe that that uh, individuals need to sit down with law enforcement uh, uh, to talk about the needs. If 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 we're going to be a part of this 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 issue, I think that that they need to talk about our needs and and how we operate to find out exactly what we can do as, as far as collectively uh, if we want to get uniformity across the state. I think that, that there needs to be conversation. And quite often, I'm on a lot of boards, and, and I go into meetings with, uh, with the congressmen and state legislatures, and most of the time they're talking at you, not listening to you. And I think that's one of the, the biggest issues. And, and so many people are making decisions based on getting reelected. And that's one of our biggest issues there. Uh, and and once, once we can overcome that, again, Congress, common sense, uh, uh, once we get over that, I think that, that we'll be able to get a consensus and find out, uh, uh, put all of the law enforcement on the same page. I used to be the chief of Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission over the entire state of Texas. And I was on the uh, interoperability committee where they were trying to get everybody on the same radio. That was uh, <laughs> 17 years ago, and they still, still haven't got out it. of the saddle. So I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's not an easy solution, but it can, if people are serious about solving that issue, I think that, that there needs to be communication, serious communication, both parties talking to each other, and coming up with some kind of plan, and quit talking about um, the next meeting uh, I go to a lot of meetings, and at the end of the meeting, you got nothing out of, of it but when the next meeting is going to occur. Uh, that's one of the biggest problems that I find in government. Frustrating. Okay, I think we have a question over here. Uh, maybe I'm confused. But Me too. Uh, Sheriff Valdez has been accused of running a sanctuary city or a sanctuary county, and Sheriff Hamilton is not. But to hear you all talk about it, uh, Sheriff Valdez is agreeing to cooperate with ICE for violent offenders, and Sheriff Hamilton is agreeing to cooperate with ICE for all offenders that they ask for. But it doesn't sound like there's much difference, particularly with the new theft program. So I guess, I guess I'm curious, can you quantify how much difference in cooperation with ICE there is between Sheriff Valdez and Sheriff Hamilton uh, that makes you a sanctuary county and Sheriff Hamilton not a sanctuary county? We have never called ourselves a sanctuary county. Uh, unfortunately, and have you ever de declined a detainer from ICE? Never. So I've never, never declined. declined. I've never declined a, a detainer from ICE. But let's clarify. I already told them the classifications that I would give them, and so they always. But but it's always pretty much pep. You know, um, I think so. In some people's mind, they make up what they want about the definition, and so they want to accuse. Me and him of having sanctuary cities. Okay, me. <laughs> okay, me. They want to accuse you of being a sanctuary city, so you are. You know, in their minds, you are. Uh, let me give you. A, you know, I've been accused of a lot, and they'll send me some stuff that they said that I've said, and I'm looking at it and said, where in goodness would I ever have said something like that? But they want to put you in that light. So therefore, um, I don't know. So is there much difference between how many people you hand over, hand over to ICE? Only in amounts, because we're bigger. Yeah, uh, but also, once secured communities came on, uh, the numbers dropped uh, tremendously, and I think you all did a report 
on that. I don't know how many. But yeah, they are focusing right. on the dangerous, uh, who they consider dangerous or a menace to uh, society. In all honesty, during secure communities, they couldn't handle it. They were taking everybody, and they couldn't handle it. They were, they were overcrowded. They got in trouble for, for the way they were holding the detention areas because there was just too many. They couldn't hold, they couldn't, they couldn't do it. So they, they narrowed it down. And so Sheriff Valdez, I think a lot of the confusion came from last year, and that's what, what triggered this letter from Governor Abbott, was the Dallas Morning News wrote this story and said that you had changed your policy and that now it was a case-by-case -case basis. But if I'm hearing correctly, the way you have worked it is that you worked in, in very close cooperation with ICE and that basically they don't ask you, that you already know what they're going to ask you, so they don't ask you for somebody that you don't want to hand over. Basically. The only thing, and the, right? the misunderstanding was on the case-by-case. As I, under, as I explained earlier, the only time it comes case by case is when there's a, a discrepancy in what they're providing and what we have. For instance, on the, on the two Americans, they were saying they were undocumented and we were saying they were Americans. So that became a case by case. But I think, uh, as was said in the earlier session, uh, the media likes to do one of these numbers, stir it up, because if you got people fighting at each other, it makes better news. But the truth is, we, we called them up and said, no, you reported it wrong. Here's what, well, no corrections were ever made. Because when I read the article, I said, that's not what I said. So we called them up and said, let's, let's correct this. It was never corrected. And, I, I, and again, I, I think that uh, one thing that shouldn't get lost here is that we are talking about at least what, what Sally Hernandez has said publicly and what she told me at the Texas Tribune. And again, uh, I'll just read from it. I believe that the current relationship between the Travis County Sheriff's Office and U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement must end. Uh, no more, which should not honor uh, detainer requests, period. In all so, fairness, we should yeah. let Sally Hernandez speak herself yeah, well, I, and not us make the opinion well, of what Sally Hernandez is right, saying. Right, I'm just reading from her website. So <laughs> this, is from, from, this is her policy as articulated. So we're looking at a big change coming in Travis County. Who has another question, sir? May I? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think one of the, and, 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 and I think one so, of the yeah. things, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. I just wanted to know that if that happens in Travis County and Dallas. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, well, you finish. You're, I'm, I'm and, and you're absolutely right. That used to be the case. I think with PEP, that uh, we, uh, we argued that they need to serve their time, and they don't serve it in the county. They serve it in the state. On, on these violent crimes, they serve them in the state, then they come back to the county, and that's where ICE picks them up after they've done their time. I am aware that that might have happened before, and I don't know if that's true of all the counties, but I know that's what we do in Dallas. If you've committed a crime, you go to court, and you, get rid of, you take care of your crime, and then you come back. You never, you never get out. You, know, you, you come back, and then ICE picks you up from there. That's the perfect world. Um, an individual in for rape, uh, the individual, everybody has the right to bail. If the individual bails, uh, uh, make the bail, then ICE has the opportunity to come and take that individual and take them to one of these federal uh, jails until uh, that individual's uh, trial comes up. So that's not the case in, um, uh, as, far as, as far as I know, an individual 
don't just stay in the county jail. Some of those individuals are able to bail out. And once they bail out, ICE will take custody of those individuals and, and take them to their federal jail and hold them there until their uh, trial. And I understand that, but one of the things that I have seen is that the, the federal judge will issue a warrant immediately once that individual is set. So there's a warrant out, so the federal government takes them into the... Into the right, right, exactly. And as I said, this is not a perfect world. You come to the table and you're not going to get what you want. Um, there, there is, there is the, the mindset or, or the community that if we let you out, you're going to go back to your country and we'll never, you'll never deal with that again. You know, you, you, you get away with the crime. And a lot of people get angry at that. So there's both sides. So we have to come to the table and say, this is what we're going to do. But is it common that, you, I mean, you know, you have somebody who's charged with rape, that they're not actually, that they're, they're getting deported instead of being adjudicated in the courts? No, they go, and now, you know, there were, there were some situations like that. Now you can't make bond. And, and so you go through, your, through, through the whole court first, and if you're found guilty, you serve your time, and then you come back and ICE right. takes you. What do you mean you can't make bond? No, not if, not if you have an ICE detainer, and, and that's one of the oh. fights that's going on. Do, they, do we treat undocumented different than the citizens, or do we treat them the same as the citizens? And that's gonna be determined not by us. That's gonna be turned determined by somebody else. Who has this panel here? Could you speak to some of the high-profile cases that have been quoted in the news? Are you familiar enough with them to discuss, like, what Donald Trump keeps referring to as this person got out five times and wanted to... Well, you're talking about the case, Steinle case. The Steinle case is an unusual case because it was actually somebody who went from federal custody into local custody. Um, it was the, it, this was the, the guy that was accused of, of Kate Steinle's murder um, was in a federal prison for illegal reentry. He'd been deported, I think, five times. And he, there was an old marijuana charge in San Francisco County. He went back to San Francisco County. San Francisco has an avowed and admitted out in the open sanctuary policy, and they didn't notify ICE, when they released him, he, he got out, and we know what happened after that. And, and in all fairness, because it was a low charge, they wouldn't have notified ICE if, if they'd known about other situations. But he hadn't committed any violent crime till that point. So they wouldn't have notified ICE because it was a low-level crime. Um, but, you know, and, I, and I, someone was telling me last night that the chances of you being harmed by an undocumented is one in two billion. But that's the one that's gonna get the notice. That's the one that's gonna come to the attention of everyone. And, and, and I would hate for you to paint me as one of the officers that gets angry and takes out a gun without a reason. We do have them. In your, in your occupation, there's people that do wrong too. But I would hate for everybody to paint me with that type of officer. Who has another question? You. Yes. Please speak loudly. I'm old and I can't hear very well. I can only speak for my county. I cannot, and I've already, and I've already put out my stance time and time again. I can't speak for other people. And you can't force people to do, to do whichever side you want. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to listen to both sides, and we literally sat in a room for three hours 
and we had the immigration lawyers and, 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 and pro-immigration, and we had ICE lawyers, and, and, and at sometimes you had to call time out, you know, and that's what happens. But then you come to a decision that you both agree on, and you go from there. But I can't speak for other Well, for other as, as far as Travis County, um, one of the things that you have individuals on both sides, but the, the ones that are extremely vocal are the ones that want ICE out of Austin. Uh, you have uh, a lot of the politicians that would agree with that. But I will tell you that that's a dangerous move. Uh, ICE has a job to do. And I think their, their job is, uh, is very important. Uh, and if you remove ICE, uh, uh, and, and if you do not follow the laws of, of immigration and work with the other law enforcement, what other laws do you disregard? Do we have time for one more? No? Okay, that's it. We're going to have to wrap it up there. I think uh, Sorry. great panel. Give them a round of applause. Thank you.